Hello and welcome to Consumer Choice Radio, broadcasting on the radio, Saga 960 AM and the Coastal Carolina Network. And we're also right there in your pocket, uh, Consumer Choice Radio podcast feed and podcasting 2.0. One half of your host, Yael Ososki, phoning it in now. And I've connected with uh, my co-host, Dave Clement. We're both uh, at the Consumer Choice Center, fighting for consumer choice, for abundance, uh, fit for growth policies all week long. And we get to converge once a week uh, here on the radio and podcast program, go over some of the news, give some analysis and uh, some good interviews, which I know we'll have. So, uh, David, I gave uh, a little a little uh, I I reset the room, as they say on Twitter spaces. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing all right. I mean, Morgan Wallen has just released a new uh, new album for those country music fans. It has about 30 songs on it. So uh, that's going to take up a lot of my time these days. Uh, No, but I'm good. Um, Lots to talk about. There is just a whole whack of things that are going on. Um, it kind of feels like the craziness of like 2020 and the Trump era never really stalled. Um, it didn't go away. We just kind of have maintained that level of crazy. It's I don't a strange know if you world agree. <laughs> I do. And David, I have a fear. Oh, no. I fear today we are going to be very demagogic pedantic <laughs> reactionary uh yeah i think it's just it's just one of those days feel like a freight train first one to complain leaves with the blood stain it has been uh, a i think if there's one word i'd love to make as the the theme for today's uh, program it would be accountability yes uh there's a lot of different measures here i don't know where to start um, I just, I feel, I, I feel, I have it, I don't even know how to explain it, so I'm going to let someone else do it. Is it okay if I play a clip? Yep. Um, oh, yeah. And then after the clip, you'll have to tell me who this was. You can give a nice guess. I've always thought this was the worst time of the year for sports fans. and uh, So I found myself looking at a lot of, uh, you know, cable news channel, and uh, you only get frustrated listening to these guys. Uh You know, I want to say to some of these congressmen, if you ask your constituents um, how much they care about Hunter Biden and his laptop, I'm sure the vast majority of them are going to tell you, who cares? (laughs) I mean, Jesus, enough with all the stuff that's happening in the world, all the stuff that's happening in business and um, the medical industry. You know, I just had a situation when uh, they told me that some pills that I had to have a copay for, a copay was (laughs) $3,800. So come on, man. Let's stop with this Hunter Biden. I don't even want to hear Hillary Clinton's name ever again. I feel it. I feel exactly like him. Do you know who that is, David? I don't. So that is uh, Consumer Choice Radio correspondent um, O.J. Simpson. Here's OJ. OJ. Oh, no. And of course, he's giving this little commentary while he's wearing his Callaway golf shirt and hat. And he's on he's obviously on the course, like between holes, just showing he's got the best life. Oh, man. OJ. But yeah, we uh, a lot of the word words of truth um, emanate from OJ. I don't know about the, the laptop story, but, you know, specifically with what's happening with 
cable news, news in general. I mean, Dave, there's a lot of different places to go. I do have some clips that I've uh, made. I don't have any on the Canadian situation because uh, that has just been constantly evolving. Uh, where do you want to go here? Are we, are we looking at um, labs in Wuhan? Are we looking at labs of democracy, apparently, in Canada? Uh, are let's we looking go, at energy in the UK? First. China. Yeah, let's go with China. China All right. first. Well, let's uh, let's give a little background clip for uh, for the listeners here. And we have new information this morning on how the COVID nineteen pandemic may have started. The Department of Energy says it has data that supports the theory that the COVID outbreak began with a laboratory leak in Wuhan, China. Senior. All right. Let's just stop there. I don't need to give any more background. No. So um, we talked about lab leak very early on in this program. Uh, sometime in 2020, I'd have to go back and look at the archives. Um, we can definitely do that probably for the, for the next episode. But now the, the lab leak has, with low confidence, been accepted as a theory by the U.S. Department of Energy. Yeah. And a lot of the reporting makes the case that, oh, well, it is not yet a consensus of the intelligence community. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I think the the head of the FBI insinuated something along those lines. Um, and there's been plenty of other folks who've now come forward after the original silencing. Um, it's one of those things where, like, of all the original conspiracies, from the beginning, you're like, mm, that, kind of, that maybe could be actually right. Um just given the nature of where kind of the cards, <laughs> the cards were played out, um, it certainly does just further muddy the water in terms of relations between Canada, the United States, and China, um, in the context of election interference and spy balloons and all of that stuff. Um, and I think at some point a lot of people are going to have to eat crow. And, uh, and, and what, depending on what's next, evidence wise, uh, a lot of people are going to have to eat crow and, and better, uh, essentially do the apology tour, um, to folks who they labeled as crazy and conspiratorial and all, all of that jazz. But will they really, David? We've been no. doing this long enough. No, they won't. Um, yeah, they will not. Um, and, uh, you know, it goes, it goes beyond this. And I know, um, I'm, I was just reminded of COVID because <laughs> I've kind of forgotten, uh, because, uh, something happened two days ago here where I am, David, uh, they Ooh. finally mis uh, lifted the mask mandate on public transport. Oh, wow. <laughs> it just took three years. But uh, no more. Uh, I stopped following this about a year ago. But uh, I was going to yeah. say, how much was that really followed? Because when I was in Vienna, it seemed pretty loose. Ah, uh, I would say it would depend on what part of town you're in, right? If it depends oh, okay. on, um, <clears throat> you know, okay. which which area of public transport. Um, oftentimes, when I've gotten on by myself, you know, morning commute hour, uh, we're talking about eighty percent compliance. But, oh, okay. I mean, that's pretty high then. Uh, it's a very, um, 
it's a very accepting population of authorities and uh, <laughs> and the rule. So uh, that that was just lifted. And uh, I guess another news this is all happening at the same time. This is why I feel like we're going to go a bit uh, demagogic today. Uh, there is the select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic. Um, that Ooh. is part of a subcommittee of the Committee on Oversight. Uh, there's uh, there's another one that is chaired by um, one of our favorite reps, Nancy Mace. Yep. And this one is specifically on essentially origins of COVID, the policies that were followed by both uh, Trump and Biden admin, and then also the, the agencies at the time. Um, we have a, a tad bit of time. Can I play a quick clip of uh, the summary from that from one of the doctors who was invited to testify? I'm asking you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is Dr. Martin Markey of Johns Hopkins, and uh, he uh, just lays into it and gives us a response to everything. I, too, um, Ranking member, member Ruiz, am concerned about misinformation. The greatest perpetrator of misinformation during the pandemic has been the United States government. Misinformation that COVID was spread through surface transmission, that vaccinated immunity was far greater than natural immunity, that masks were effective. Now we have the definitive Cochrane review. What do you do with that review? Cochrane is the most authoritative evidence body in all of medicine and has been for decades. <coughs> you just ignore it, not talk about it. That myocarditis was more common after the infection than the vaccine. Not true. It's four to 28 times more common after the the vaccine. That young people benefit from a booster. Misinformation. Our two top experts on vaccines quit the FDA in protest over this particular issue, pushing boosters in young, healthy people. The data was never there. That's why the CDC never disclosed hospitalization rates among boosted Americans under age 50. The vaccine mandates would increase vaccination rates. The George uh, Mason University study shows it didn't. It did one thing. It created never-vaxxers who are now not getting the childhood vaccines they need to get. Over and over again, we've seen something that goes far beyond using your best judgment with the information at hand. We've seen something which is unforgivable, and that is the weaponization of medical research itself. The C CDC putting out their own shoddy studies, like their own study on natural immunity, looking at one state for two months, when they had data for years on all 50 states. Why did they only report that one sliver of data? Why did they salami slice the giant database? Because it gave them the result they wanted. Same with masking study. Well, the data has now caught up in giant systematic reviews and the public health officials were intellectually dishonest. They lied to the American people. Thank you. Well, That's a pretty damning, <laughs> it pretty is damning testimony. Holy cow. Pretty damn. I'll have to boost that in post. But uh, that was held during a congressional subcommittee hearing. Um, that was actually on Tuesday of this week. So, look, uh, there's a lot to go in there and some of it we covered and some of it we don't need to cover. And I think the facts speak for themselves, but it's, it just shows the elites just don't have it right all the time. I got, I got into it on Twitter, um, in regards to masks because the, 
the way in which we wear masks is different than the question of whether masks can work. So I'll give you a perfect example. And this is what made me so frustrated with a lot of this mask stuff. Obviously, there's the example of restaurants throughout the pandemic that as soon as you're seated, you can take your mask off to eat. But then if you get up to go to the bathroom, you have to put it back on, which obviously in a closed space makes no difference. Um, Once you've taken it off, (laughs) you've assumed the risk. It's the same thing for airplanes. When I flew back from Dubai, um, you had to have your mask on unless you were eating. But when you were allowed to eat was only when the food cart had like passed your seat and they would harass people if they started to eat a little earlier than, than the, sorry, the drink cart passed their seat. And they, they were like screaming at people, be like, ma'am, put your mask back on, you're not allowed to eat yet. As if that was going to make any difference in the spread of COVID on that flight. We, everybody took off their masks to eat. It was game over <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as that happened. And so we had all of this symbolism um, that was really just empty nonsense of like, oh, well, yeah, obviously, like, you can't wear a mask and eat. It's like, yeah, but then the whole purpose of wearing masks at restaurants is silly. You either close restaurants entirely or you let them be open. Um, so there's just a lot of that dumb stuff that I kind of look back and I'm like, wow, why did people tolerate this? Bingo. Yeah. And I think that's, that's principally what, um, sort of really gave a lot of people during the rage during the the freedom convoy and the people who were, you know, saying, Oh, what are these guys complaining about? Just did not have their jobs threatened. They didn't have their ability to cross borders be threatened. It, and then you have this entire class of people. And uh, if you actually read the report, it's really interesting. There's a great article about it in the line. Um, you know, this is a group that is, they're experts at logistics and training. And uh, we saw that on display in Ottawa. And uh, yeah. that's exactly what happened. So that- real, real quick, because I know we got to go to break in a second. But the most egregious example <clears throat> of the mask stuff was uh, I was in a, a, a gym class, which includes running on the treadmill and then moving to the floor with weights. So obviously you're running on the treadmill without a mask. Then in order to walk from the mask to your workout station, uh, sorry, from yeah, to walk from the treadmill to your workout station, you put your mask back on. Then when you get to your workout station, you take your mask off. And it's like as soon as I'm sprinting, Without a mask, it's game over. We've all assumed the risk. (laughs) Yes, we have. We'll be back with more Consumer Choice Radio. And we're back here on Consumer Choice Radio. A little bit of a demagogue's hour. We've uh, we've gone over some of the the new lab leak conclusions um, by the U.S. Department of Energy, the uh, Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic, Um, and some mention of the Freedom Convoy um, in Canada, where we had the the sort of uh, the commission report that finally came out by uh, forget his name Justice Paul something, and uh, it's it's been a, a kind of crazy week, but uh, we are not going to see any accountability. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't look like it. A lot of mistakes were made. A lot of power was used. A lot of excuses uh, kind of thrown down the line, and yet um, it seems like Trudeau is sitting pretty. 
Fauci is uh, living large in retirement, and uh, <laughs> many people are. And, and I think the the greatest number to look at, and I saw this both for Canada and the U.S. The amount of credit card debt and household debt oh, has uh, yeah. has really gone through the roof. And you know, there could be based on many different things. Obviously, inflation, uh, energy prices, uh, people who've lost work or you know have gotten other jobs, or now they have lower salaries. That's also a big deal. Uh, yes, it's true that we've recovered some in job numbers, but. You know, if you look at a lot of the people who are still working, but now are part time, um, that's sort of a big factor too. This is this is the problem with a lot of these stats and statistics, and um, this is the problem I've always had with a lot of press conferences by government officials or press secretaries. Is there's every single which way in the world to spin numbers to look good. Uh, Biden's, you know, when inflation was, was hitting, you know, eight, nine percent, it was always like, well, last month's inflation and today's inflation is the same. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure, bud. But, you know, these things are on a trend and then prices hit and they don't go down. So, yeah, people are making less, having to spend more. It's uh, all yeah, around a good time. I was I found that so irritating because it was like, oh, guys, we've done it. Like we've tamed inflation. The rate, the change in inflation from one month to the next month was zero. And it's like, yeah, but overall inflation is still 6, 6% or 7%. It's like, you, that doesn't solve anything. <laughs> that just means that by whatever measure, it's not getting exponentially worse it doesn't mean that anything is getting better at all yeah and we've we've hit uh, um i believe that in here where i am the european country of austria we're at uh 11 now mm. you want to hear a crazy and absolutely insane food inflation figure hit me is this about eggs or something else no it's not about eggs which country, Canada or Russia, has a higher rate of food inflation? Well, I would guess with all the energy sanctions and not being able to sell goods abroad, I would assume it'd be Russia, David. I would assume it would be Russia, too. It's not, which is absolutely insane. You have an economy that's shut out from most of the world, and... <laughs> And a G7 country has worse food inflation than Russia. It's just like, that is embarrassing. Um, and something has to be done to rein that in. I mean, there are a lot of policy solutions that can be carried out to rein that in. But um, yeah, it's just wild. When I saw those numbers, our good friend Dr. Sylvain Chalbois um, had posted about that. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that we we had a worse rate of food inflation than, than Russia, who's shut out from the world. Yeah, and so you've had a lot of food inflation in Canada, and then mostly in continental Europe, you've had a lot of energy inflation. And that has been really hard. And, uh, well, it looks like I've... I've <laughs> I hit I hit the victim camp, David. <laughs> uh, same thing happened to us, and um, you know, basically, we'll have to uh, find new housing now, as the energy costs proved too exorbitant for my previous living mm -hmm. situation. Um, so uh, I'm, you know, on the market. You know, 
again, I was poking you like crazy looking at homes in the housing market and borrowing yeah. and all this stuff. And now, you know, I'm out on the street hitting showings and contemplating real estate. Uh, what is it? Agent fees, um, which, yeah, those things are uh, tough. So uh, the energy stuff is, is very insane. And <laughs> I don't see it getting any better. And you know what? Energy. Great uh, segue to myself. Uh, so obviously a main, uh, one of the big reasons that European energy prices are so bad is just because we just don't have as much of a functioning market. We don't have as much domestic sources of energy, mostly because they've been banned and they've been banned by political actors pushed by various NGOs and green groups. So you have the decommissioning of nuclear stations in Germany. Uh, you have stalling of basically any energy project in the UK. And, you know, a former buddy of ours was able to go on television and have a nice little rant about it. This is my last clip, by the way. Ooh, yeah, uh, But this it. is our boy, Tom Harwood, on fire. Oh, Tom. Let's hear it. He's on uh, BBC television question time, Mr. Harwood. station is so depressing because it's the symptom of 30 years of policy failure. The fact that we're at the whim of global prices and that the government at one point thought it might be spending £150 billion subsidising our energy, that's twice the cost of furlough. The fact that we're at that point is a failure and, frankly, a plague on all of your houses because every single party has got us to this point. Whether it's nuclear power, the last nuclear power station to be approved in this country, to be fully built, was approved by Margaret Thatcher in 1988. It was finished before I was born. We haven't constructed a new nuclear power station since then. And that's a failure of the Conservative Party, that's a failure of the Labour Party as well. And of the SNP, who in government have banned new nuclear power in Scotland. They have legislated to ban it. Or if we take uh, oil and gas, we have got the wealth of oil and gas off the North Sea. The Labour Party has, has said that it would explore no new oil fields. The, the, the SNP has, in their energy strategy, a presumption against exploration. But it's not just oil and gas, it's also wind farms. It's wind farms, because the Conservative Party have banned onshore wind farms. Companies want to build these things, many communities want to have them, and the Tories have banned them. But it's not just wind farms, it's solar farms as well. Guess what? The Green Party. The Green Party has been campaigning against solar farms. Whether it's the Longfield solar farm or the Derbyshire solar farm or the Hastings Park solar array, all of these have been campaigned against by local green councillors. I don't think there's a single form of energy produ production in this country that a politician or across-the-board politicians have supported. We live in a country now where every single politician, every single political party from each direction find reasons to say no, to stop development, to stop growth, to stop our own homegrown energy. Frankly, I don't care if it's shale gas, if it's fracking, if it's wind, if it's solar, if it's nuclear, if it's oil, if it's gas. I don't care. Just build it. Just do it. Yeah. Quite an impassioned speech as soon as he said, he had me at plague on all your houses. Oh, yeah. He's really taken <laughs> off. So uh, talking about uh, Tom Harwood, he is now the, uh, I believe, the deputy politics editor at GB News, a private yeah. TV station. And uh, he's invited to comment on all public affairs there on the uh, state broadcaster. And wow, he hit it all. So good on you, Tom Harwood. Way to go. Yeah. 
Oh, there's a, I, I still can, I'm gonna have to start using a plague on all your houses <laughs> more often because I love that. It's uh, <laughs> in good British terms, it's an, it's an old Shakespeare thing. So a plague upon all yes. your houses. It's a way to go, Tom. And you know that energy thing is uh, you know it's something that's a brewing in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had uh, I re- had an article out recently down in uh, Minnesota nuts. Uh, that was about a lot of lawsuits against uh, oil companies, energy firms, and the like. Uh, wrote that out and, and actually had a retort, a little response uh, in the local newspaper there in Minnesota Nuts. And um, the the woman who crafted the response is obviously from the 350 organization. Do you know this org? No. So they're the ones who say, uh, you know, 350 parts per million of carbon in the atmosphere is what kills us or something. Even even oh. though we're at like 410. Uh, okay. <laughs> bad name, bad name. I have to change those LLC docs. Uh, but, you know, she just kind of made the case that, uh, you know, all this energy stuff, you know, all these oil companies, they've lied to us. They said that their stuff wasn't bad for the environment. I'm sorry. I never got that leaflet or pamphlet when I was pumping gas uh, that, that told me, hey, everything's a-okay. Just keep pumping. Nothing's... I mean, everybody knew it. <laughs> We've known it. I, I was taught that in elementary school, middle school, and high school. We all know it. It's just that right now we need energy, and I would rather be able to use that energy, allow my brethren, my you know fellow citizens to attain you know a good level of income and wealth. I'd love the same to happen to our brethren in in Africa and the Middle East and Asia. Yeah. So we need to have oil exploration. We need to have energy, and it's just so frustrating with all of this because it's a lot of disingenuous people who for some reason, don't engage with facts, figures, you know, what is the percentage of this, uh, and who aren't pro-nuclear, by the way, so it's not as if they're, they've got other solutions. Uh, it's just, shut it all down, let's go back to the Stone Age. We gotta, we have trees to protect. Okay. Well, I mean, Greta Thunberg uh, was protesting a, a wind farm or solar farm in Norway last week? I think week? it was a wind farm... And it, it was yeah, for a... It had something to do with it, reindeer or elk or something. Yeah, it's like one of these uh, uh, environmental uh, studies that was done that it would displace, you know, whatever animals. Uh, look, folks, we're, we're humans. <laughs> we are uh, pretty populous on this uh, dear planet, and uh, many of us are looking for the next greatest sources of energy. You know, you, you can have debates on wind. You know, actually, in Minnesota, wind is like 22%, which is okay. pretty good. and. Some parts of Europe, but they, they have higher numbers, particularly up there in the in the north and Scandinavian countries. But it's not how we get to 100% of our grid. <laughs> We're still going to need something no. else, and right now, it's coal, baby. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I mean, going back to what Tom said about nuclear power, it's one of those things where it's like, can you imagine a scenario where it's been longer than his entire lifespan that the UK has not built an, any more nuclear facilities, given the power and, and capacity and um, everything else we know um, positively in regards to nuclear power, that no government, majority on either side has thought maybe it would be a good idea to build more of these things um 
it's just it really makes you scratch your head I'm like do people really care do people really care about the environment um, for a lot, lot I mean does Greta Thunberg really care I don't I, I, it's hard to say that she does if she's going to protest uh, a wind farm or solar farm or whatever it was um, it's hard to say any of these people care about the environment seriously if they are against nuclear energy um, and yet so many people fall into that camp Oh, yeah. And do you know when the last uh, Canadian nuclear reactor was approved for construction? I have, no, I have no idea. It's probably a long time ago. 1986. Yeah, that's embarrassing. And, uh, that you know, the problem, that a, the problem is a lot of other jurisdictions, um, they also have the same issue in that uh, in the United States, it was back to the 70s. <laughs> That there wasn't one approved. Uh, there was one that was just approved actually this or late last year, a very small scale. But basically, you've had no approvals, and then it's just been a lot of money for refurbishment. Uh, some things are still getting operated, but the problem is, is they all have let's say fifteen or ten year licenses, and many political parties have said, "Hey, when that comes up, you know, we're not going to push for renewal." So you're essentially stating we're going to take thirty-five to forty percent of our electricity grid and we're just going to hit delete <laughs> yeah we're going to shut and it I'm off so, I'm, i don't care if you're in sunny spain you know you're not going to replace your entire country's electricity needs with you know pieces of rare earth minerals from from african mines it just isn't going to work you can't have solar panels and you can't have storage and you can't have always on energy to fuel an entire economy that's impossible it's frustrating, but, you know, that's what, what did I say, David? I said it was going to be a, a pretty wild hour. We'll have more here on Consumer Choice Radio. All right, David, went off a little bit there in the last segment, talking about uh, nuclear reactors, energy. Um, our buddy uh, Tom Harwood gave us a, hey, he gave me the energy to be angry. Yeah. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Uh, yeah, it was, he was I mean, on was point. Great. And David... Uh, s- s- Speaking of not getting angry, hmm. uh, let's zoom in on what's happening in uh, in Canada. There's been uh, obviously last week on Consumer Choice Radio, which you're listening listening to here on Saga Nine Sixty AM and the Coastal Carolina Network. We covered the reports um, from the from CSIS, and then we had other reports about military donations to the Trudeau Foundation. Uh, David, as our correspondent up there in the the snowy Great White North, uh, what what is happening? What is happening? Yeah, I mean, it just feels like the leaks keep coming. The contradictions keep coming. Um, at least from what we can see right now, I mean, for next week, I, I hoped for us to get a guest to better break this down for us in longer form because there's just a lot to break down. But So uh, leaks about Chinese interference in the Canadian electoral process, one specific example is a nomination um, nomination race in, in the greater Toronto area. Um, people being bused to, to vote and encouraged by people affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party and whatnot. Um, and that was in the, that was in the like, um, 
they're not called leadership elections, but it's like to elect the person to it's be like the, the candidate of yeah, the party, right? It's like the local primaries, basically. And anybody can vote in that regardless of citizenship. No, you're supposed to have to be a citizen um, and you have to be a party member. But the problem is, is that the parties don't have a very good apparatus to establish that people are citizens. Um, because you, if you have a driver's license, you may be a landed resident. You may have, there are all sorts of other ways you could have a driver's license as your ID. Um, so there are some, there, there is some funny business that could go on there. Um, but that's just one level of the accusations. Then there was another that the Trudeau Foundation, the Pierre Trudeau Foundation, received a bunch of money from a person affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party, and that person donated the money and then was reimbursed directly by the CCP. Um, basically, the CCP said to this gentleman, if you donate to them, we'll just pay you back. Um, the Trudeau Foundation then returned the money. Um, so they've returned the money. and But at the same time, one of the CSIS people who were in front of committee said that they couldn't confirm that that is actually what happened. So that whole part is very confusing because we allegedly have someone at CSIS leaking that it did. We have someone at CSIS saying, nah, we don't really know. The Trudeau Foundation is behaving as if something bad happened. They give the money back. Um, then there are questions of the prime minister being briefed. He said that he wasn't. He was never briefed on any of these interference things. Then the senior national security advisor said he was briefed all the time. It's just like there's a lot of back and forth, and it just feels like how the liberals have handled previous um, scandals where it's deny, 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 and then eventually they have to face the music. Um, so, yeah, it, what a time. <laughs> what a time. Because you'd be in jail. <laughs> well, there you go. I'll tell you what, it, it does not make for, and, and the timing of all of this, the timing is, for us, it's just a rant, you know, for many people who are just like watching or reading or seeing this on television, it's just sort of, a, you know, an accident of the moment that we hear this. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's happening. There's a war in Ukraine where China is sort of making itself a bit louder You've got all this stuff with the U.S. inquiry on COVID and Department of Energy talking about the lab leak. And you've got just a lot of movements towards, you know, a lot of countries coming inwards, wanting to just trade with each other. Everyone being very suspicious of international trade, you know, some for very good reasons. You have TikTok, which is being banned from government devices um, across the European Union, Canada and the U.S. Yeah. And this is all kind of happening super quick. Uh, I don't know if in the history books in 50 years they will have called this, you know, Cold War Part Two. Kind of feels like that way. You know, we don't necessarily have the, the proxy wars in the same way. But there's definitely spies, scientists probably being kidnapped or pressured. Um, maybe it all started with that Harvard chemistry professor, head of the chemistry department, who was getting all that money from China to... Uh, what did he research again? 
Oh, that's right. Coronaviruses. So <laughs> you, you, that was just like in the very beginning. That was 2020. And um, there was a interesting program. I don't know if you ever watched the show Firefly. No, I have not. Wonderful show. It's a, a space western. Uh, it's by, by Joss Whedon, you know, who's done other great programs as well. And in that show, it talks about the future and there's like future, you know, Earth government. And uh, it's actually the U.S. Sino Alliance. So the Chinese and the Americans have come together to form a new, you know, sort of planetary alliance. And they uh, also patrol the stars and they're the ultimate police force. Um, that show is fairly uh, libertarian because everyone is rebelling against the alliance. Uh, but it's strange to think that, you know, that was, what, 10, 15 years ago. The thought was that at some point, because of markets and capitalism and because we're trading and everything we buy is from China, at some point there's going to be some, you know, coming together movement or alliance in which the both the Chinese Communist Party and the liberal democracies of North America and Europe would have this great coexistence. But now it just seems like even more suspicion. Um, man, I was I was looking up at washers. I had a washer go kaput, which is just perfect when you're looking for a new apartment where you might already have one. And uh, I looked up this company. So it turns out that Hoover, you know, the, um, what do they make? They have the vacuum cleaners. You know, you they're they're the original dirt. vacuum company. So Hoover Europe was purchased by a company called Handis, which is from China and is CCP. And I looked up, I'm like, oh, can't be too bad. I'll just get a Hoover washing machine and start doing a little bit of digging on the brand and history it's and i find a story from 2015 and it's like you know hundas company accused of putting spy materials in washing machines and it's like what is this and this guy and it goes back to 2015 so it's like they're putting tracking devices and at some point this company also launched phones and they had back doors in the phones and Boy, I don't know if we're just late to the game or perhaps we're just misinterpreting everything that's happening. But overall, it, it doesn't sound good if I'm just looking to wash my clothes and have to worry if, uh, you know, the Chinese Communist Party thinks I've, I've put the whites in at the yeah. right temperature. They're pissed because you mixed whites with colors and now all your white shirts are pink. You don't put the darks in there at the same time! Basically. <laughs> Oh, that's, I mean, it's wild, but it does, like, because of, the, because of the growing interconnectedness of all of these apps, like our, our new washer and dryer, you can, like, you have your preset cycle loads. Wait, are you, are you Scott. on, is it all on uh, IoT? Are you all, like, Internet of Everything on your washer? Uh, well, I haven't done this because I'm rather simple when it comes to washing laundry. It's in well, the you washer. Mean, you're pretty simple to take With a laundry pod. Well, yes, but also when it comes... My philosophy for laundry is whatever it is, put it in, put it on cold, done. Um, but you can actually like download um, different cycles for your washing machine i don't know how to do it i don't know if i'll ever do it but you can um so like that's when your washing machine has that type of capacity then all of a sudden maybe the uh 
<laughs> Maybe the Chinese Communist Party is trying to figure out what the what the heck's going on with North American laundry decisions. I tell you, they always have those white shirts. Something's happening there. <laughs> well, the not enough the, red. Not enough red us, is what the, not an, the CCP is saying. <laughs> they need more dark red colors. Let's uh, let's put a stain in there. Put some ink. Uh, so one thing for, for that, because that relates to artificial intelligence, AI, uh, chatbots, um, and we are attempting to launch our own chatbot here at the Consumer Choice Center using AI. It's very difficult, not, not easy to do. I was wondering if you'd seen, I saw, I picked up on this on the, um, the tweeters. Uh, there's, there are a couple of people who are now making a, I don't want to say a grift, but they're, they're, they're on the line about essentially let's scare everybody about ai and we need government to control it are are you picking up oh, on this a little bit yeah i have seen that um i have i have i mean these are the doomsayers about um these are the doomsayers about everything well this, this is, one in particular is uh, and it has to do with news and information and there's this guy uh, let's just let's just say he's a misinformation professor Okay. Which normally, nor, normally that means you're a misinformation purveyor, but okay. And uh, he he does he uses I think ChatGPT or the Bing one, and, and he's like, pretend for hypothetical reasons that you're a pro-Trump, you know, newspaper. How would you write an article about the election allegations? And and then basically like ChatGPT is like, well, this is purely hypothetical. But let's say that in Arizona you had blah blah blah. And what he does is he takes a screenshot. It's like, look. The AI, it can be turned to give us fake news. This is so scary. We must ban them. <laughs> it's like, no, bro, you gave that the prompt. It gave you the disclaimer. Yes. And this is not, this is like, it just shows that it's good. <laughs> like, what is this? They want, they want to put filters on the AI ASAP. I think that's the kind of goal. They don't want to allow people to talk on social media. They don't want you to say whatever you want. They don't want free speech online. And they surely don't want you to have free speech from your AI chatbot. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't really get into the the craziness of like, oh, is AI going to take over? I just don't. I, don't, I just don't think it will. Um, but it can barely it can barely sweep my floor, this robot. <laughs> I mean, but we, we we have a Roomba. His his name is Buddy, and he gets stuck all the time. And I have to like fix him, or he like eats cords. Um, he's a bad buddy, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just not, <laughs> I'm just not worried about it. And it feels so like it's like well, my version of the truth is the truth, which is most of the time people's opinions on both sides. Um, therefore, that's the outcome that I need to see from these AI um, searches. And it's like, well, no. I mean, there there was a really good one. I forget who it was, um, but it was a it was a gentleman asking questions about the Israel Palestine conflict. Um, probably one of the hottest of global topics to try and navigate through and the person's published all the screenshots and you, the, the 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 person who was typing 
caught a lot of those things that would be perceived as errors and being like, well, no, actually, this group didn't say that. Do you have a link for it? And then ChatGPT would have to respond being like, oh, we, we apologize. We don't have a link for it. It is commonly understood that blah, 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 blah. And it's this whole back and forth of this individual, like, just rooting out the bias in the system. Because realistically, what it's pulling from is it's only pulling from human sources. We're talking about geopolitics. It's pulling in from human sources. It's not generating its own opinion. It's just sourcing from what's publicly available um, for it to crawl through. Um, so I don't understand the desire to get that, that um, in air quotes, accurate outcome right off the start. It's just important yeah. to have that back and forth. And, of course, you'd call your Roomba buddy. Uh, <laughs> that's it for us, guys. We'll talk to you next week.